The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded Extra, a uh, stalled Absent Minded Extra with Patrick Bextel and Anton Rossigord. And first and foremost, Anton, I have to say congratulations because your team beat my team with 2-1 yesterday in a practice game before the season starts. Oh, you're a Gothenburg fan as well. Yeah. I, I, I like you less and less for every time we're recording. <laughs> well, I thought we had we had spoken about that before. Yeah, well, of course you 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 live close to uh, close to Gothenburg, and there really aren't aren't any teams like locally in your in your little hood. So of course <laughs> Gothenburg is the biggest team nearby. And I, I grew uh, up if, in if the middle of the city. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, you are for a Linda supporter, so of course you you like winning, and you know, yeah. Uh, it's, been, it's, it's been a few years since we won last time, but it's looking promising yeah. right now. Um, it'll yeah. be an interesting season for us in regards to Swedish soccer, but we're not here to speak about Swedish soccer. We're here to speak about North American hockey and sometimes the European hockey as well. Um, and and first and foremost, we, we have to start with what happened um, late last night, European time. Um, Montreal Canadiens acquired Eric Stahl from uh, Buffalo Sabres and... and there was some quite a hilarious gifts on on the internet um, going around in regards to how fast Eric Stoll could get out of of the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, I think everyone wants to get out of the Buffalo Sabers right now. So it, it was fun as well because th- there is this uh, there is this video circulating about like when uh, Pigula, the owner, and and uh, uh, the GM of Buffalo Sabers said like, oh, if we add Taylor Hall. We won't only compete for a playoff spot. We will go for a, a, a potential Stanley Cup berth. And yeah, it hasn't turned out that way. And now they're, you know, but, selling out basically. But Taylor Hall isn't he the one that automatically automatically gives you a top first pick? Yes, yes, he is. And apparently, it's going to do so once again. And uh, yeah, I can't understand that. It's just it's just hilarious with the Taylor Hall's career. But yeah, Eric Stahl at least. Um, he has been bouncing around since he left Carolina, but I mean, last year he had 47 points in 66 games, 52 points in 81 games the year before. In uh, so he really revived his career in in uh, up north in Minnesota. Just hasn't worked out in Buffalo, but we've seen that in the past. Uh, Lex Ilya Kovalchuk, that it can be something to do with the environment. It doesn't have to be, especially if you're an older guy coming into a team which all of a sudden ends up in the bottom of the league. And you kind of expected them to go much better. And you're just like, you're not really a fit, uh, perhaps, uh, to the sudden locker room change when you have to fight with every claw for for just a point or two. Um, and Montreal is in a completely different kind of, uh, of situation. And uh, 
I mean, I was thinking about that just before we started to record that we were kind of making fun of, of uh, the Maple Leafs for adding uh, like older, slower guys um, before the season whilst Montreal went for the youth. And then Corey Perry has come in and become like a, a, a pillar in the Canadians lineup. And now they add Eric Stahl. So it's just like, well, we kind of go in the same direction now, I guess. Yeah, but it's also one of those moves that is a mar- typical Mark Bergevin move. It's a low risk, high wo- high reward. And I know we were talking yeah. about it in the chat channel uh, before and, and uh, before we knew what was going on. We just heard the rumors and, and everyone was thinking, is it Byron? Is it Lekkonen? Is it whatever? whomever is it a prospect and 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 then suddenly it came out a um third round and a a fifth round pick right yeah 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 exactly and and, 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 and that's that's, that's very very cheap it is it is and it's a typical as you say it's a typical bergevin move to buy on the low um and then be able to like marcus scandella as well we had kind of forgotten him that he even was a canadian player like a little more than a year ago but i mean he he got him for a fourth right and then he traded him back for uh to st louis right for for a second and a fourth yeah um so yeah bergevin is really good at making these moves with guys who kind of you know fallen fallen off Falling off the radar with their old uh, head coach and just buying them on on the cheap and inserting them in 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 a favorable situation and just adding value again. And I'll I'll have a shout out here to Calico Scats in on Twitter who who said, "You think when Bergvin goes shopping, he literally just says, how much is that in draft picks?'" I'm con- yeah, I'm exactly. convinced that he pays everything in draft picks, and and it's 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 a little bit like that that moves that and it's from these moves that. Mark Bergevin obviously have made his his best trades. Uh, yeah. Look at Jeff Petrie. Look at um, as you mentioned Kovalchuk, and and other players as well. And he seems to be able to get something back when he, if he trades them as well, which is really really important. And it's a it's yeah, a Kovalchuk was even for free, so yeah, that was really and, buying a plug. Yeah, and then you you look at uh, for for Stall, it's a contract year again, uh, so he do, he's not sitting there with a big cap on on an expiring contract, but also Stall has something to prove if he wants to stay in this league. So it's a win win in that regard as well. Of course, at least if he wants to get like a, a different deal than the ones that guys like Corey Perry uh, got at the beginning of the season, where it's like a minimum wage prove it deal, um, because Eric Stall. I mean, now Buffalo is retaining half his salary, right? 1.6. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's 36 years old. He's uh, kind of like uh, guys like Jason Spezza. He, I mean, he, he has the pedigree of being a top three, uh, top three draft pick. Um, and he has produced consistently throughout his career. He's up to, in total, he has 827 points in regular season in a, a little over a thousand games um so if you can in some way i mean it's just good because like jake evans is is by no means a bad player but he's still a rookie and it's just good to have a little bit of center depth when it comes to like we, we don't know what will happen i mean now uh, we have Kotkaniemi out uh for example um and if there is a significant injury on a player, especially past April uh, trade deadline, now at least you have five capable NHL centers. And Eric Stahl is that kind of player they can insert basically anywhere in your lineup. Um, 
and he has skills to uh, to kind of like a Corey Perry, uh, just use his experience to to go and uh, and collect a bunch of points, and you can insert him in the power play if you need that as well. So. Yeah, you, you, you bring up two different very important roles here, like uh, or, or questions here. You, you bring up mm-hmm. his role in the team, uh, and and um, where can we see him go really from here? You can see him go, as you mentioned. We don't know how bad it is with Kotkaniemi. We've seen with other athletes in different sports and even in ice hockey that it takes a while to recover after a COVID break. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, so he is a bit of an insurance there. But you also mm. have the fact that uh, you, you can insert him on the fourth line and really, really have him work on that fourth line. Uh, who was it that was a really good um, uh, M something that that uh, was a great face-off taker that Montreal had a couple of years ago that just came you mean in for Nate Thompson or no, even earlier actually. Yeah. Um, but played with Plekanec, uh, taught Plekanec even more face-off skills. But yeah, it's it's. Um, and I'm sure I'm get, getting corrected about this in in the comments later yeah, on. Sure. But uh, what you have that guy, it's a luxury to have in many ways. And you got Buffalo paying half, of course. You're looking at different other things. Uh, but then also you have the cap gymnastics that you have to be able to do now because now Montreal is literally acro- uh, over the cap. I, if, if if my calculations are right. And I have to, I have to just uh, acknowledge the fact that I'm in my in my uh, in my regular coffee swap shop uh, because uh, my uh, my fiance at home is sleeping. So uh, we're recording this from Cafe Bar in Kungsbacka. It's a superb spot. It's also my office on Sundays when I write the EPR. Uh, so so whenever you can, make sure to to uh, go here and and uh, have a coffee. As you say, Montreal is uh, very close to the cap right now. Um, we already saw a, a move yesterday, right? I, I think they brought up, uh, was it Laurent Dauphin uh, or something, uh, which could be a sign that Jake Evans is on the way down to uh, to the AHL to play more consistent minutes. Um, I'm sure that you know the uh, the uh, the accountants team have already done the uh, crunch the cap and and just work, work, will work around this the way that Montreal worked around it during the opening of the season with uh, sending down KK and and Suzuki and Roma, Romanov and all these entry level guys um, to the uh, to the taxi squad when needed the added week of actually uh, being on COVID protocol might actually help them in this regard as well. I don't know. They, they have said that they won't do any more of the cap gymnastics uh, publicly, but it could easily be that some of the players have been sent down already to recuperate some of the cap. So that's another instant that we, we have to consider that we don't know about. But but there's something that we need to know about and, and it's something that we, we have to consider for the future as well. All right. Uh, going forward, there there was another more, well, in some regards, very sad news, but in other regards, very interesting news for Montreal fans last night. And it was that Cole Cowfield's um, Wisconsin Badgers went out to, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Bimoyi State. And, uh, and uh, Bemidji. Cowfield was outstanding in the game, two goals, one assist. Uh, he had half of the shot, his team's shots on goals. He carried that team all by himself. Uh, goalkeeper let in a soft puck, more or less an own goal. And and but the, the 
the big discussion was really the eyes. It, it resembling more of a, it resembled more of a curling eyes or something straight out of the Perry Roubaix cobble sections, uh, and and it, it was it was interesting to see. Obviously, it helped the home team, but this also frees up a spot, and and obviously that that cancels into that cap gymnastics as well. I think um, because everyone expects Cole Caulfield to sign with the Montreal Canadiens within days. Yeah, like uh, his coach was talking about that as well, that there, we really couldn't expect anything more from him. And I remember during the beginning of the season when we were kind of, uh, I mean, we were reading David's articles and it's just like David wanted want to see more from him. Uh, it was just like he, he tried too hard. It felt like Cole Caulfield tried too hard to do it himself. And then especially after the World Juniors break, where people were also complaining about the fact that Cole Caulfield didn't add as much points as you could have expected from from him in that tournament. But he still ended up with a gold. And then once he come back, it's just been, I mean, it's been Hobie Baker, um, Hobie Baker Award uh, winning, probably. Uh, I mean, he has been the most prolific player in, in college hockey. And... Once you once you've reached that level, you really have nothing left to prove in college hockey. Um, it's professional or or bust. And and we must remember as well that Wisconsin did not have a great team this year. We saw it during the beginning of the season where it was just it just felt like um, it was basically Cole Caulfield and a bunch of yeah nobodies. Uh, and he has carried that team and. Uh, he has done everything expected from him. So Wisconsin should be proud and and the Montreal organization should be proud of what Cole Caulfield has proven this season. Uh, it's, a, it's also interesting to see him sign, um, even if it's it might be AHL, it might be uh, NHL, we don't really know. But but his release is really top-notch and, and uh, we know a power player or two that uh, really could use some help in regards to shooting at least. Of course, of course. I mean, that is why Montreal selected him in the first place. Then again, he's 19. Well, he has turned 20 now, but a 20-year-old. And if he were to play in the NHL, he would still be a rookie. And you have to kind of, you know, have modest expectations for a guy coming in from college hockey. Even if even if he is one of the biggest talents in the world, still, you know, he, he needs to find his spot. You can't expect him to just go into the power play in an NHL um, environment and just produce from the start. Um, I think he would benefit from from just starting off with Joel Bouchard and just working his way up. The way that we see with Jesse Ullinen now, for example, where he's just like, he's taking strides every week and it's just great to great to see talent development. Me and Jared have talked about that uh, in former podcasts that Montreal has been blessed with guys like Nick Suzuki who has just come from the OHL straight into the NHL and, and the same with Kotkaniemi. Um, where you just kind of forget that some talents need a little bit more time, like a Josh Brook, um, Ryan Paling. And um, yeah, just take it slow with Caulfield. Don't expect too much from him immediately. But yeah, it's um, it's a little piece of gold that Montreal has there. So um, so it's, it's really exciting to see what he can do in a professional environment going forward. Yeah, well, gold, go, gold, field. <laughs> gold. Um, did you just coin his, his nickname, the Nugget? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but uh, it's it's interesting to say uh, one of our former guests, and, and you were part of that podcast as well, Anton. He he wrote an article ages ago to, on for Montreal can, um, for Eyes on the Prize in regards to, to player development and you put the players in, in positions to succeed and it could be an option partly because you, you, you give Cole Caulfield that incentive to sign the contract directly you burn one of his years playing him in the NHL uh, it's, it's cap gymnastics that as well but but uh, you can thereby see him uh, may, maybe if Ducharme is that how should I say if he if he dares to do it, just play him on the power play for a couple of games. Give him those those two three minutes. Make sure he gets the chances. He gets that extra space, and and we can all see how far away he is from from maybe even playing five on five or or, or if he needs a prolonged time in the AHL, which I don't think he needs. That, let's be honest about that. But I was quite sure that Jesse Ilonen wouldn't need a prolonged time either, uh, and and. You, you bring up Ilan and uh, we all know what, what Cowfield has done, but Ilan has also won a World Cup, uh, World Junior Championship gold. Uh, he, he scored in the final. Uh, and and what, I, what I've seen now from, from the AHL is actually that he's being used to, as a shooter much more than he was in, in uh, Liga. And it's something we've always said that he needs to be able to shoot more. He needs to shoot from better positions. And it's something that he, UL Bouchard and, and Jesse Ullinen has seems to have worked on because he shoots from everywhere. And, and that shot is lethal as well. Yeah. And the more, the more weapons you can have, if we look at Montreal going forward, now you're relying on guys like Corey Perry, who wasn't expected to even be a permanent part of this team, but to play consistent power play minutes. Um, the, we have seen Nick Suzuki over the last few weeks develop a, a lethal wrister that he has used in the power play, well, for two games in a row there. Um, if you can have more shooters, you don't have to rely on, <laughs> on a Shea Weber sh- uh, just slapper from the point all the time. Um, having guys like, you can have Gallagher uh, standing in the crease and then you can have two or three shooters out there. Um, and a Jonathan Drouin, for example, who can just deliver the puck to one of his preferred targets. I mean, it's terrific because we've seen, especially this season with just relying on Weber on the point, it doesn't work because he doesn't, he needs, I think it was David San Louis who wrote that, uh, Shea Weber needs the perfect pass to deliver the perfect shots. Some of these guys don't need that. They have skills enough um, with the stick that they can just take, uh, you know, a, a pass that's good to 75% and still deliver on it uh, because they are more technically sound players. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I, I, I've been very encouraged by uh, Bouchard's development of, of Ilan. And so I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what magic he can do with an even bigger talent that is Cole Caulfield. Yeah, it, as I, as we we mentioned before, we we don't know where Cole Caulfield will end up. We know he will sign a contract, or, or he ex, is expected to sign a contract. He might actually even have signed a contract by listening to this. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but it's it's that close. Uh, we are. It's four a.m. in the morning in in uh, Montreal right now. So so we're expecting it to wait for a couple of hours at least. Um, is there anything else you want to bring up? I, I want to highlight the fact that we have this article coming out later today where Scott Matla, 
David San Luis yeah. and uh, and uh, Matt Drake has has collaborated to to look at what um, Eric Stahl can bring to the Montreal Canadiens and and what his underlying numbers are. It's a great article. You you should really go and read it. Um, also, you should follow all three on Twitter if you don't, because uh, <laughs> there are some hot takes flying around, and obviously there are some really interesting tweets from David San Luis when in regards to player development and and prospect analysis. So, so go there, re- sign up for for their feeds as well. Um, in other ways, we, we don't really have that much. We actually we have one thing that just popped out on my Twitter feed. We have to wish someone a very very happy birthday today. Uh, Moto Hockey in Sweden is turning 100 years old mm. and it's arguably one of the top talent clubs in regards to, to NHL players ever and, and it will continue to be so for quite some while. Um, players like uh, Naslund, obviously, uh, Marcus Naslund, uh, Peter Forsberg, uh, Hedman, you know, Salo, Hedman, there are plenty of them. Matthias Norlander. Well. Was Hedberg as well, wasn't he? One of the first guys that signed for 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 NHL as pro from Europe. You know, there there are this, yeah. the history of, of Modo is steeped in in NHL contracts, and you really really should, uh, you know, go in there. Wish them yeah. a happy birthday because it's it's the Sedins. The Sedins. We forgot the Sedins. There, there are so many, yeah. and we forget the Sedins. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's been a ama- it's an amazing uh, club, and really really really. Um, it's a shame that they are in the second division in Sweden, but that's the way it works with the relegation and promotion. Yep. In other ways, we're looking forward to hear from you in regards to comments and correcting me on uh, who the fantastic playoff uh, face-off taker was for Montreal Canadiens a couple of years ago, because I have forgotten it. Um, in other ways, we'll be back early next week for another podcast when uh, Montreal hopefully gets back to playing. Thank you guys for listening. Anton, thank you guys. Uh, thank you for being here. And uh, Kaffa Baron, thank you for hosting this talk. <laughs>